Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast, a show that brings meaning and purpose to the fantasy season. It's our hope to help you win your league, but more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. This is the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. I'm Bryce Johnson. Each week on the show, we will bring meaning and purpose to fantasy football. We'll talk about all the big stories going on in fantasy football and some of the key players and players we're wondering about, but then we'll also unpack faith and life as well and and have fun fellowshipping together each week on this podcast throughout the fantasy football season. I'm Bryce. I'm the host of the Unpacking It podcast, and earlier uh, this summer uh, did a, a special fantasy football episode and and so from there, we said, hey, let's turn it into a separate podcast and, and let's focus in on fantasy football each week. And so that's the hope for this show as we uh, just desire to, to, to unpack fantasy, faith, and life. And so we, we desire to hear feedback from you. Our email is fantasy at unpackingit.com. Here's kind of how the, the format of the show will look like. And, and before I share that, also, if you subscribe to the Unpacking It podcast, you will continue to get the, the Fantasy Football Fellowship podcast in your feed. Uh, but we also encourage you to go into iTunes or wherever you listen, Apple Podcasts, to subscribe to the, the specific feed for Fantasy Football Fellowship. And if you maybe don't listen to Unpacking It, hopefully you will. Uh, but either way, we've set up both feeds and and so want to make it convenient and, and easy for you as a listener. So here's the, the layout for the show. Each week, uh, I'll let you know what I'm convinced of uh, in regards to some of the, the key players or players that I believe in or don't believe in. We'll also tackle some of the, the biggest questions in fantasy football. And sometimes I'll be joined by a, a fantasy guest to discuss those topics uh, otherwise I'll jump into those questions and if you have questions you'd like me to answer you can email the show uh, fantasy at unpackingit.com and the other segment that we'll do each week will be called peace or panic so based on certain performances I'll let you know if we can still have peace about that player or if it's time to panic on that player and and so we're going to have some fun uh with a lot of different topics and then as we want to bring meaning and purpose to fantasy football at the end of each week we will go through one of the sessions that is found in the fantasy football fellowship playbook and so fantasy football fellowship is a ministry resource from Unpacking It Ministries. So hopefully you're a loyal listener of the Unpacking It podcast and a part of Unpacking It Ministries. But the Fantasy Football Fellowship Playbook is something that we developed specifically for fantasy football owners, for leagues, even for churches to use throughout the season. And so it's got 20 different topics that take a fantasy concept related to the Bible, related to our own lives. And and so encourage you to check out 
fantasyfootballfellowship.com. You can order the playbook if you haven't already, and you can use that throughout the season. Encourage guys in your league to uh, read it, participate in even conversations about the book as well. Uh, So we've set you up for that. Uh, that, that you and your league can do throughout the season. And so you can find out more information at fantasyfootballfellowship.org. But let's jump right in, and I want to let you know what I'm convinced of as we head into week one of the fantasy season. And and so each week on the show, we'll, we'll focus probably more on, you know, kind of kind of the week-to-week type stuff and, and looking at, you know, season long. And so today it's, you know, so much uncertainty because we haven't seen any action yet. We all we've been doing is reading and and guessing, and so you know we missed out on on preseason action. So it's all about you know what we'll see week one is kind of our first opportunity to to, to know what's going on. So we'll get to some of those questions for week one in just a little bit. But here's what I'm convinced of: I'm convinced Pittsburgh's offense will be dynamic with multiple elite fantasy players. This season, I've bought into Ben Roethlisberger as a quarterback on my team. I also believe in Deontay Johnson. I think Juju Smith-Schuster bounces back. And I think James Conner will be one of the top running backs this year. And I feel like he was undervalued in drafts this year. And so I, I think that he will exceed those expectations, even you know his ADP. And, and he's going to have a really great year. I know a lot of people are excited about some of the, the other backups and, and the, the, the running back depth chart for the Steelers and, and are writing off James Conner, but I, I, I'm convinced that, that Mike Tomlin is telling the truth when he says that he's the bell cow and he's their guy and they're going with him. So I'm going with him as well. I Actually, I haven't been able to get him on a team yet. I've got one more draft, so maybe I'll, I'll be able to snag him, but, but I, I'm high on James Conner. All right, I'm also convinced Nikhil Harry will finish as Cam Newton's top wide receiver option for the year. Julian Edelman, he's been in New England for a while, but he's Tom Brady's guy. Nikhil Harry is coming into his second season. He, he's not a, a real tall wide receiver, but he's 6'2", and Cam you know, likes a bigger receiver, and, and I just think the potential for connection with him and also the value that you can get Nikhil Harry because – he may even be available on the waiver wire, but you either drafted him late, and so I think he will absolutely exceed that, and and I think he'll he'll pass up uh, Julian Edelman as the season goes on. That Cam will like Nikhil Harry and and get him the ball, and Harry will be fantasy relevant. He's a former first round pick. A lot of people have written him off because he didn't have a good first year, and they don't think he has what it takes for for the NFL. I'm going the other way on this. I think New England saw something in him. And they got rid of Muhammad Sanu, and they're rolling with Harry. He, you know, he's listed as the number two guy, but I, I think he'll finish as the number one guy for Cam Newton. Number three, I'm convinced Carson Wentz will finish no lower than QB8. That means that he will be better than Tom Brady. He'll be better than Drew Brees. I'm not sure exactly who else. Maybe it'll be Matt Ryan, Josh Allen. Like He's going to be in that mix, and, and I think he'll, he'll, he'll be right up there so uh, another guy who I think will have good value I understand the injury concern and he's already had a little scare but this is based on talent it's not based on his wide receivers it's based on his talent and Doug Peterson's offense 
and what we've already seen out of Carson Wentz. You know, a lot of people are projecting, oh, you know, Kyler Murray is going to be awesome. All right, let's see it. I, I'm not, I don't know, maybe. Josh Allen had a nice season last year. We don't know if he's going to get to that next level yet. We've seen what Carson Wentz is capable of doing. Of course, the injuries are concerned, but that's for everybody. Him, a little bit more, I get that. But, but I'm buying into him, and, and I'm convinced uh, he'll, be, he'll be one of the top eight quarterbacks in fantasy this year. All right, let's see. I got two more. I'm convinced the Saints players will let a lot of fantasy owners down. I don't like the, the talk going on in New Orleans. Alvin Kamara, he got an epidural contract issues even if he gets a contract it's been kind of hanging over his head how's that you know been for training camp I don't like that Drew Brees some of the comments he made in the offseason do players still hold that against him Drew Brees already thinking about retirement and being a broadcaster and I see him doing a a fantasy football uh, he's a spokesman and is he distracted all right I'm a Panthers fan so I don't like the Saints but still I also think that the Saints have had such a great run in recent years and they've bowed out in the playoffs. I think that takes a toll on a team. I really do. And as talented as Michael Thomas is, now he has his big contract. I don't know. How does that affect him? Can he put up another huge year? I mean, the expectations for him, number one wide receiver in fantasy, it's hard to do that year in, year out. Now, now we've seen, you know, I, I think back to some of the heyday of my fantasy years with Calvin Johnson, Andre Johnson, and, and we could count on those guys year in, year out. But and it's not that Michael Thomas is bad. I just think that the hype surrounding the Saints eventually is going to catch up to them, and they'll eventually have a down year. I think it's going to be this year. It could be next year when, when Breeze retires, and, and okay, that's fine. But I'm rolling with the Saints letting fantasy owners down. Doesn't mean that Michael Thomas will be a, a bust or, or whatever. I just don't think he'll be as great as you think he is, or a lot of people think he is. Same with Breeze. Same with Kamara. Uh, I like other players to to, to kind of pass them up uh, as the season goes on. The idea that all three of them will will be top ten weapons again, or or that you know you're drafting them that way, or you did draft them that way. I think they'll let you down. I really do. So you can hold me to that. And uh, I'm, I'm jumping ship on the Saints. So I, uh, I, in a keeper league, I've, I've had Kamara in recent years. He is awesome. But I, I threw him back into the, uh, into the draft this year because we do keepers and all that. So I threw him back in. I wasn't willing to keep him. So I put my money where my mouth is, so to speak. All right, last I'm convinced. I'm convinced Joe Mixon, George Kittle, and Devontae Adams will outperform they're already high draft picks. But I think George Kittle will be better than Travis Kelsey. I think Devontae Adams will finish better than Michael Thomas. And I think Joe Mixon, who's, who's in that probably 8 to 11 running back range ranking going into the year, I think he'll be closer to 4 to 6. I think he'll be in that, that range of running backs. Because get this, from weeks 11 to 17 last season, he was RB3 in all of fantasy. So... um that's huge. He he he, and that, think about how bad the Bengals were. Their season was over. They were tanking for the number one pick, yet he was still putting up great numbers. And I don't. I'm not real high on Joe Burrow necessarily, but he's going to be better than Ryan Finley, uh, most likely. And then you add in AJ Green, who we'll talk about in a little bit. But 
there will be other weapons, and maybe that means they'll pass a little bit more, but the offense is going to get more first downs. It should be better than last year. Not that they're going to be awesome, but they'll be better, and I think Mixon will be even better. And, and, and again, he's another player I think has been undervalued. So that's what I'm convinced of this week. Let me know your thoughts. Fantasy at unpackingit.com. And here we are on this debut episode. So I'm fired up to be doing this. And so we're, we're going to try these segments. We'd love to know your thoughts on them. And, and if, if you like them and, and want to uh, you know uh, throw some suggestions our way, that would be great. And, and then we can roll through these segments throughout the season. All right, so this next one is called Peace or Panic. And, and so, you know, similar to a, a buy or sell type thing. But uh, normally, you know, this will be based on poor performances from the week. This time we'll just do it based on some of the news coming out of camp. And so the first player to talk about is Devin Singletary. If you listen to the, the fantasy football episode I did for Unpacking It uh, earlier this or back in August, I, I'm, I was at that time really high on Devin Singletary. And so even though it has cooled my excitement for him, you know, some of the reports are he's been fumbling. Zach Moss is, I want to call him Zach Morris from Say by the Bell. Zach Moss, the, the rookie running back, has been playing well. He's going to steal some carries from Singletary. And, and I understand all of that, and, and there is some concern, but I still have peace that Devin Singletary will be a key fantasy contributor this year. Will he be worth the fourth round pick that I took him in this year and I passed on Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, I'm a little concerned about that. But I'm not panicking to the point of releasing him or, or trading him. I, well, for one, he doesn't have much value at the, t- at the moment. But I'm going to hang on to him a little bit longer. So I'm going I'm to keep the peace for now. And I still think you know, he's the starter. Last year, Frank Gore took some carries anyway. So, so there is a spot for Zach Moss in the Buffalo offense, but Singletary is still their guy, and I, I, I think in his second season now, he's going to be even better than last year, and he showed that he's fantasy relevant. He's a, he, he, he can put up nice numbers, and so I like him to do that again uh, this year, even though I was not thrilled with some of the <laughs> camp reports. <laughs> That's for sure. All right, so the, uh, the next player, uh, another guy that I drafted, Ronald Jones, and the signing of Leonard Fournette cools the excitement for him and I'll say this I'm panicking with with Jones because Leonard Fournette even though I'm not a Leonard Fournette fan and I as a Panthers fan I wanted then the draft the Panthers to draft Christian McCaffrey I'm glad the Panthers did not get Leonard Fournette too many question marks around him however if the Bucks are able to keep Fournette motivated and engaged there is a ton of talent there not as much as you know he was a top five pick in the draft in the in the NFL draft and even Fournette drafted in fantasy this year was still probably overvalued but if Tampa Bay has this dynamic offense with Tom Brady they're opening up the you know the offense with Evans and Godwin now all of a sudden the lanes that Fournette's able to run through and he gets the opportunity to do it it could be pretty nice for him. And so what does that mean for Ronald Jones? He, he's been, you know, Bruce Arians has, has bought into Jones. He says he, he's their guy. But Fournette might just be a better running back than Ronald Jones. That's the problem. That as the season goes on, the Bucks go, yeah, Fournette's just better. Let's just roll with him. 
and that concerns me. So there is panic with Ronald Jones. If you own Ronald Jones, you should panic. But let's see how week one goes. And if he has a great week, it's probably worth trading him, I, I would guess. But because then the longer Fournette's around, I just think the Bucks will give him more and more carries. It, se- it seems kind of obvious that that's the case, even though Arians has said, hey, yeah, Ronald Jones, it's his job to lose or something along those lines. Uh, I'm still panicking. So when, when we get going with the fantasy season, we'll have more names to, to put under the, the piece or panic. Uh, but we'll give you those two as kind of a teaser uh, for today's uh, first episode. Next, questions of the week. Questions for week one and what I'll be watching for when I turn on my TVs this weekend. And I can't wait to, to watch all the games. I'll be watching the Red Zone, keeping an eye on everything. And the, the first question I have, how will the Colts divide up the carries? I mentioned Jonathan Taylor. As a rookie, will he jump right in? How much will they use Naheem Hines? Will it you know, just be passing downs? Will he be even more involved with the offense because of Phillip Rivers showing over the years that he loves to dump it off? Not just on third down, but he likes to dump it off, and he made Austin Eckler a, a star. Danny Woodhead, a star, uh, relatively speaking. And so can, can Naheem Hines be that guy? Or will it be Jonathan Taylor going three downs or will it be Marlon Mack stealing carries and saying, hey, whoa, 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 let's not move on to Jonathan Taylor just yet. I'm sticking around. I'm still here. So that will be interesting to see. Also, with the Raiders, how different will the Raiders' offense be this year? They add Ruggs. They add Edwards. They bring back Renfro. Bring back Jacobs. Bring back Richard. How will Derek Carr divvy up the ball how will their offense improve Darren Waller I didn't even mention him Uh, will Waller be just as involved in the offense will Jacobs get more passes out of the backfield that's the big question that, that the fantasy community is asking and I think the other key is will Hunter Renfro take a step forward as that key slot guy and that safety blanket for Derek Carr he, he, he emerged toward the end of the season. It took a little longer than I had hoped and, and, and was kind of anticipating for Renfro last year, but he finally did come on and became fantasy relevant. And so will that continue? How much of a threat will Ruggs and, and Edwards be? Ruggs specifically I really like. And, and so he has come out you know, number one on the depth chart. Will he live up to it? Rookie wide receivers have a tough time, especially early on. So what will that mean for the Raiders? Or will the Raiders stink again and it not matter. Marcus Mariota starts on injured reserve. So it, it, this is Derek Carr's team. It, it's his year to it's a make, make or break year for him. Will these young receivers help him out? All right. So then I, I've talked about Ronald Jones, but the big question, how much will the Bucks run the ball and who will they give the ball to? But then also, will they unleash Tom Brady to start the season? Will Will Brady be able to throw even more than he did in New England, where we know New England used a bunch of running backs, and uh, Brady hasn't put up maybe the you know the big passing numbers that that he once did. <laughs> He's been playing for so long, but you think back to the Randy Moss years. So will it look more like that? Where is it Godwin? Is it Mike Evans? You know, which one of those two will Brady favor? How quickly will Gronk get back up to speed? 
Will O.J. Howard be used at all? Will they go two tight ends? Or will we forget about Howard? Uh, can Bruce Arians actually get the tight end involved? You know, where was Howard last year? <laughs> That's what I always wondered. He killed me. Oh, he killed me in one league. But I, I wonder if Gronk will be fantasy relevant, but more importantly, will he be fantasy dominant? Because that's what we know Gronk to be. But after taking a year off, do we just forget about him? Do we write him off? Or does he come back and, and really emerge? I, I'm fascinated to see how that, that plays out in Tampa Bay. And, and not just week one, but beyond that. And I think we'll have to be patient with them. I mean, I'd be surprised if they, well, I guess they could come out of the gate. I mean, they have so many weapons. But I guess all those little uh, those practices that Brady was doing illegally, quote unquote, uh, down in Tampa, maybe those helped them out. So we'll, we'll see about that. So very, very interesting uh, with them. Uh, another question. Do any of the former fantasy darlings have anything left? Some of the former studs, Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Adrian Peterson, now up in Detroit. Of those guys, I'm buying into David Johnson, a little bit younger than those guys, and I think getting the fresh start for him will be really nice, and I think there's a spot for him in Houston. Last year, Carlos Hyde, he got a fresh start and played really well. I had Duke Johnson. It was a nightmare. Um, but he, because he, yeah, I thought Duke was going to be the guy they end up getting Carlos Hyde. So this year, David Johnson, they, they need a running back there, and he's the guy. I mean, I don't think they're going any other direction there. Uh, other than you know Duke, but we saw what how they used him last year, how they used him last year. So David Johnson, absolutely. I, I think Le'Veon Bell has a has a real strong chance Th- with Gurley. It's the injury concern, and I, I just don't know what to think. The Rams gave up on him. I I just don't know. And then with Melvin Gordon, I think Philip Lindsay still has a key role there. And also Royce Freeman wasn't bad last year, so I'm not sure that Gordon will get a ton of opportunities. And I, I wasn't real sure about that signing to begin with for Denver. We'll see about that. But but all those guys, you know, it's always interesting how how long running backs can last as being fantasy relevant because we quickly move on to the next wave of young guys, right? It's always about the rookies. And some of those guys, they end up being forgotten. And there's always one or two that sticks around and says, hey, don't forget about me. How many times was Frank Gore that guy? Matt Forte, some of those guys. Uh, Here's another one. How will Matt Ryan distribute the ball? Talk about a team with some weapons. Julio, Calvin Ridley. I actually like Russell Gage. Um, And then Hayden Hurst coming in to take over the, the opportunities that Austin Hooper leaves behind. And Hayden Hurst wasn't really getting those opportunities in Baltimore uh, because Mark Andrews. And, and so I think Hurst has a, a unique opportunity there. I, I've picked him up in one of my leagues uh, as my tight end, and I, I think he's, he's, he had good value in drafts. But, but Matt Ryan, who will he favor this year? And, and, and what will that, that distribution look like? Will Julio still be wide receiver uh, one, or will Calvin Ridley take that over? Like on, on Atlanta, and then Julio's dra- being drafted as a wide receiver one, will that translate to fantasy as well? Will both of them be top 15 wide receivers? It's possible, depending on how much they run the ball and, again, how healthy Gurley is and how much they you know, utilize him. Uh, but will they throw the ball down the field, open Matt Ryan up even more? Uh, he's always healthy, which is nice. I think Matt Schaub is there. I think he's still their backup. I and mean, we, we don't even know about a backup in Atlanta. Matt Ryan's always playing. And... 
Julio's in and out of the lineup, so will Calvin Ridley take another step forward? Uh, very intrigued to see that this week. Um, all right, speaking of Houston and David Johnson, who will be Deshaun Watson's top targets now that DeAndre Hopkins is gone? Brandon Cooks is interesting because he does put up fantasy numbers, but the injuries overshadow him, and he's already got some issues, and he could very easily be the, the, the number one wide receiver in Houston. Or will it be Will Fuller? How much will Kenny Stills be involved? They signed Randall Cobb. Does he have anything left? DJ uh, David Johnson coming out of the backfield. Duke Johnson coming out of the backfield. Will both those guys catch passes? Uh, will they utilize Duke as, uh, I don't know, maybe a little slot? I think he did a little slot last year. Um, I guess that's what Stills does, but or Cobb. Maybe maybe they'll use Cobb. So I'm, I'm just curious how they'll use all those guys because there's different options. Even, Co- even, even uh, Cooks, he can move around on the field. Fuller, I think, more of a deep threat. Uh, I guess Stills can be a deep threat. Yeah, so Deshaun likes to throw the ball down the field. So, yeah, I, I just I think that offense is going to look a lot different this year, at least with different players. But Watson's a stud. Glad he got his big contract. He's a great guy. Big fan of him. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I, I don't really have the answers for the passing game. I, I was trying to trade for Will Fuller, but ended up not being able to get him. So I don't have as much invested in that Houston passing game but but I'm sure many of you do. So that week one will will be, uh, I think, fairly telling. Uh, will Will Fuller can he emerge outside of the shadow that has that was there with DeAndre Hopkins and then fill those sho- shoes? So that that'll be interesting. Um, and then the last question I've got: Who will have the biggest bounce back year? Will it be AJ Green? OBJ and just kind of the Browns in general. I think they have the best opportunity for that. Uh, we could see some huge fantasy numbers out of Cleveland, potentially. And then Adam Thielen in Minnesota. I'm personally invested in him. And without Stephon Diggs, how good can Thielen be? Does it mean that now he gets more double coverage and not as many opportunities because of that? Or does he get even more opportunities because Diggs is gone? That will, that will be interesting, but but those those guys have the potential for a bounce-back year. We know they're talented. I mean, OBJ is still one of the most talented wide receivers. Uh, kind of an interesting character. Um, last year was kind of a tough year, but he's got the chance to... to I mean, he could be a top-five wide receiver this year, really, if Baker Mayfield can get on the ball. Um, so those guys, those guys have a good chance to, to bounce back. A.J. Green, I'm uh, probably a little hesitant on, but... Again, another guy who in the past has been a top wide receiver in fantasy. So those are the questions I have for week one. Let me know your questions following week one, heading into week two. Email me, fantasy at unpackingit.com. Last thing before we we wrap up this debut episode, and I appreciate you listening, and would love to just have your feedback and, and what you want out of this podcast throughout the year, but it's our our goal to bring meaning and purpose to your fantasy football season, and so that's why we wrote the Fantasy Football Fellowship Playbook and, and why we're doing this podcast. And so let's go into the book, and it's the, the, the third session of the book, and, and we did kind of a preseason, uh, you know, kind of before the fantasy season begins. And, and so the, the topic is about what happens after draft day? 
And so what we do each week is we'll, we'll take a fantasy concept related to the Bible, related to our own lives. And, and before I do that, uh, in the playbook, at the beginning of each chapter, uh, there, there's kind of a, an interesting question or stat or something about fantasy that, that will just jump out to you. And, and so here's a did you know. The first fantasy football draft took place in Oakland, California in August of 1963. I love it. No app, you know, no uh, technology. 1963, the, the first draft allegedly took place, and, and I love that. So it's been around a while, but, uh, of course, it, it's really taken off in the last, yeah, probably 20 years. Uh, I've been playing for 17 so somewhere in there where it's really emerged and, and the Internet uh, had a big you know, contribution to that, but also media companies like ESPN getting behind it has, has sent fantasy football through the roof. Uh, even, even though this year might be a little down, it's still awesome and, and still a big deal. So uh, that's why we love it here at uh, Fantasy Football Fellowship. What happens after draft day? A lot of us put you know, tons of focus and effort into drafting the great team. We look at our roster heading into week one, and we either love it, maybe we see a couple holes, we see a couple concerns, we're wondering, all right, do I have peace about that guy? Am I panicking? You know, I'm convinced this guy's going to have a big year, not so convinced this guy. And now what ends up happening after the draft is we've got to figure out how to manage the roster. We've got to figure out who to drop, who to add, who to trade. Trades will start coming in. We'll have to work the waiver wire. We'll have to figure out who to start, who to bench. All of these decisions and and all of these actions take place after the draft. It's not just about draft day. Draft day is important. You got to have a team. You got to make the right decisions then. And it's 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 a key part of uh, the fantasy football season. But but it doesn't end there. It, It continues. It continues throughout the year, and that's why we love it. So how does this relate to our own lives? How does it relate to our faith journey? The most important decision that we make is to surrender our lives to Jesus and in, invite him to be our, our Lord and Savior, to recognize that we can't save ourselves, that we're sinful, and, and we're in need of a perfect Savior, and we have to acknowledge and believe and, and put our faith in him and, and understand that he died on the cross for our sins, and, and through his, his grace and forgiveness and love, uh, he invites us to be a part of his family, invites us to spend eternity with him, and, and, and we're forgiven because of what Jesus did on the cross. And so there, there comes a point in all of our lives where we have to make that decision to say, yes, I believe that Jesus is who he says he is, and that we have to acknowledge that, that we need him to save us. And, and so we invite him into our hearts and, and lives and, and receive the, the free gift of, of salvation. And, and so uh, the Bible says in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, uh, Paul writes this. He says, I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the Scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the Scripture said. And so that's the good news. That's the gospel. And, and so we receive that. Then once we recognize that and, and, and our lives are changed, our hearts are changed, our, our mindsets begin to change it's a process that we then you know go go on the rest of our lives it's a journey with jesus as we follow him day in day out we're, we're saved and you know uh 
that that key moment for many of us is you know the the day of salvation that we remember and and we can look back on fondly and kind of how you know draft day we look back as fantasy owners on draft day but then each day it's it's a a, a challenge and we have to rely on the lord each day and and it kind of you know starts over each day as far as dying to ourselves making the decision that i'm going to follow his way instead of my own way and and so what matter what matters you know the rest of our life it, it does matter what we do with the rest of our lives and how we respond to the gospel day in day out that we allow jesus to change us that, that he, it continues to go on it's not that we say oh yeah all right god save me i'm gonna go to heaven and then i'm gonna go live like a moron that doesn't add up that's not that's not what it's all about so it's like the the guy that drafts a fantasy team and then forgets about it and goes and doesn't manage the team the the rest of the season we, you know, just like fantasy owners don't stop on draft day, we, we step into an ongoing life with Christ after the day of our salvation. And so in, in Colossians it says, and now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. And so that's, that's what we, we want to continue to pursue. And, and there's another verse in Colossians where it says, uh, we ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. So as the season goes on in fantasy after draft day, uh, our lives continue as, as hey, it, we're forgiven and, and our uh, salvation is secure when, when we genuinely commit our lives to Jesus and we acknowledge and receive his grace uh, and acknowledge who he is and, and, and we're saved and, and we're, we're locked and loaded. <laughs> but then, but then it, it is uh, important that we continue to live it out. We continue to live out our faith. Uh, day in day out um, hopefully that is encouraging to you and and that's what will uh that's the foundation for this show for this ministry and 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 each week as we bring meaning and purpose to fantasy football uh it's all based around uh, our love for uh jesus and and so that's the uh that's the good news and, and so i hope that that you listening today uh you've made that decision to follow jesus and so as we wrap up the, the first edition of the Fantasy Football Fellowship podcast, just know this, I'm Bryce Johnson, I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus, and I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sins, he was resurrected, and through faith I have been saved by his grace. So I hope that's true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans and fantasy football owners that follow Jesus together. Shoot me an email, fantasy at unpackingit.com, and I will talk to you next time right here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. Uh-huh.